welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Eberests, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for further episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is Of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Gas, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins midday on Weirloom, the 11th of Leonay. In the year 1083 PR, a day or two after leaving the small town of Thistledown. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? Okay, so story. My brother graduated today and is now officially a police officer. And my parents went to his graduation, which means that I am looking after their cats and their plants. And they have these beautiful wild roses that grow in front of their house. And in order to turn on the hose, you have to crouch on the edge of the path in front of their house. With one arm, you have to move some of the roses out of the way. And with the other arm, you have to reach all the way back and turn the um, tap faucet thing on the wall. Spigot? Spigot. Anyway... Um, so you've got to, like, balance on your feet, hold yourself so that the roses don't whack you in the face, reach in, not fall into the rose bush. And I have not fallen into the rose bushes once yet. Nice. So I'm going to take a plus two, because I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you, that is not where I thought that story was going. Oh, I want to know where you thought the story was I mean, I going. I genuinely thought you were going to fall in the bush. Like, oh. I just... <laughs> that would be terrible. It's... Yeah. Really thorny. And also, there are definitely spiders in there. And every time, like, I can only push so much of the roses out of the way. So every time the other hand is reaching into the unknown, I don't Oof. like spiders. So it's an adventure for sure. Uh, so my campers this week have been painting the back wall. Uh, that's our new tradition now is that we add more cool little things to the back wall and they put their handprint up there. And that's always fun. But, uh, of course, because they are 13, uh, 6 to 13-year-olds, paint was everywhere. And so I scrubbed the stage. And while walking, and the worst part of this is I did this uh, two weeks ago as well. I fully slipped and ate it on that old stage. Uh, it's still better Sasha. than when I did it last time. Are you okay? For, I am. I'm better this time than last time. I, last time we painted, like two weeks ago, I slipped four times, <laughs> like 
fully face planted, oh, no. wiped out four times, oh. and I was limping for the next like four or five days. Oh, Sasha. This time I only fell once and my tailbone is bruised, but I am otherwise unhurt. So I'm going to take a negative two for consistently wiping out on the stage after scrubbing it when the children get it covered in paint. I think the problem is that my shoes are rubber, uh, so I just need to start taking my shoes off when I do that. So the other day while going to um, have dinner, uh, my sister and I stopped to get Slurpees and oh, there yeah. were four Slurpees. Once we picked up the four Slurpees, we put them in a, one of those drink tray things, and carried the drink, and I carried the drink tray out to the car. And just before I got in um, the car, the door, I had only pushed, you know, I pushed it open so that it was you know, the, the soft, the soft block on a car door. And then it, it, we were on a hill and I guess the, the weight finally pressed past that. So the door swung in, tapped me in the arm and jostled the Slurpees and two of them fell on the ground. So, right there, minus one. But then, we went and got two more Slurpees while I cleaned up. We put those in the drink tray, and when I went to pick the drink tray up uh, again, I knocked one of the Slurpees over, and more Slurpee got all over the car. So I'm going to take, I'm also going to take a minus two to my roll this week. That sucks, and I'm sorry. It was very sticky. Yeah, I bet. It was a very sticky situation. <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but it was really annoying at the time. Let's see what you roll. I got one. Mm, seven. I rolled an 18. Nice. <laughs> which is a 16 adjusted. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm Brian. I'm at Mind Over Brian on both Twitter and Twitch. Although on Twitch, I spell it with a zero. And I am playing Melian Barebone, a changing barbarian who, as a matter of course, looks like a uh, half-elf, a red-headed half-elf with a noticeable scar running from his cheek to his upper lip and car ring around to nick his ear um i don't have anything interesting to say about uh melian except that he was drilled in languages growing up um he doesn't remember a lot of them uh he's had an accident since then that has sort of changed so he knows he thinks he should know some languages that he doesn't and he does know some languages that he thinks he shouldn't uh and he's it's all very confusing Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm playing Quarry Anaclathi Bostukbase, a Goliath paladin. And when Quarry was 40, they met a fun and charming man named Lars. He was a druid and a wanderer. Ooh, mysterious. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> I was expecting that. You a druid. Hi, my name is Sasha, and I play Phelith, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. And my fun fact about Faileth today is that she has eight wisdom teeth. Yeah, but not all, none of them are hers. No, but she has eight. <laughs> I would <laughs> kind of expect her to have more. <laughs> wisdom teeth are hard to come by. No, I did, I did literally mean that she has eight wisdom teeth in her mouth. She has an extra but row again, in the back. are they all hers? Well, that is up oh. for debate. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if she went in her teeth bag, she'd probably have quite a few more than eight. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Ba-da, 
Yesterday, you arrived in the small town of Thistledown, turned over your prisoner to the town constabulary, and ate a hearty breakfast at the small town single inn, named the Prickly Pint. Basking at this point in time and not needing to eat trail rations and the warmth of the fire. But it couldn't last. You had to press onwards. Leaving Thistledown behind, you pass into what the locals have recently called a dangerous part of the road back to Twemer Hollow. One that those in Thistledown warned you one which comes into close contact with the Darkling River. Trees are scratched bare of bark. Strange webs of inordinate size, burrows and mounds slightly off the path, and in the dark, a chittering, the chittering of perhaps a thousand mandibles, chitinous plates, and the clicking of legs beyond your firelight. Oh, we're going to eat well tonight. You have seen signs of the strange animals, unnatural and unfortunate creatures, amalgams of animal and insect that you saw well within the heart of the Darkling Forest. Unfortunate signs considering that it means they are expanding out from the depths of the Darkling, like a malignant tumor. Throughout your journey, at times not far ahead, you have seen the knight Fulgrim and his lady Anna pressing onwards, slowed to a cautious pace as they traverse this now seemingly much more dangerous patch of the road. But you have kept your distance. At this point in time, your cart is creaking along. The forest on either side is dark, though you can hear not far away from you the sound of the Darkling River. Fela, your little fernbore, your newfound friend, has been quite scared and has been shaking and basically hiding in your shirt or your coat over the past few days as you've been pressing on through this region. A wee baby, my sweet little piggy friend. As you are going through this, quote, more dangerous, unquote, area, what are each of you doing? Quarry has been thinking about something for some time, and they would probably turn to Melian to talk to them, talk to him about it. Melian, there's something that concerns me greatly. You've managed to narrow it down to simply one. Well, no. No, you're quite right. There are many, many things to concern us. But you remember that letter that we received in Berriman's? I remember it somewhat, yes. I believe it mentioned that we would encounter allies or some kind of help on the road. Yes. And it occurs to me that we have so far encountered, well, two parties of people. One right ahead of us, and perhaps that 
is who we are meant to meet with. But, but what about those bandits? What if they were the ones that we were meant to meet? Should I, I, I maybe I overreacted. I was interrupted at my prayers, and and they, I, they did attack first. But perhaps we should have quarry. Yes. Do you truly think so little of your god that you believe that they would put bandits in your path to ally with? No. But we're getting closer to Dwemer Hollow, and if it's not the bandits and those ahead of us, Fulgrim and Anna, they don't seem to have any interest in speaking with us further. Have we missed uh, our opportunity? Melian reaches into his bag, pulls the letter out again, says, <clears throat> As I recall, the letter mentioned that we would find aid in Dwemer Hollow, not on the road. Let me check again. Ah, uh, yes, sometimes my reading isn't so good. Perhaps are I well can your allies. Uh, turmoil spills in the streets. Uh, we are the light. You will bring with you the chance of Dwemer Hollow. No! Know that another awaits you in Dwemer Hollow. I think you can rest assured that whoever it is that intends us to uh, to succeed in this effort is not does not think so little of you as to have you ally with Ben. I am greatly relieved. Thank you, Melian. That is a weight off my mind. It's been bothering me for some time. I feel much better now. Now I can resume my concern for other things. Indeed. Also, I hope now that you will believe me when I say that we should not ally with that Ponzi lady and her knight. Well, who knows what the future holds. They did seem to want to rush to our aid when we were fighting the bandits, and I think that says something in their favor. But if they are just people that we have met in passing, then... Perhaps that's all they are. Well, perhaps, but did you not find their timing somewhat suspicious? Ah, you think they were in league with the bandits? I would hesitate to discard that prospect out of hand. They did arrive just in time that if we were not as capable as we are, hmm. we would have been in dire straits. Hmm. And yet they continue to ride on, away from those that we left. Well, yes. How better to preserve their... Uh, their disguise. Hmm. We have no, no, no way of knowing that the bandits are not following along in the forest beside us. Well, I suppose that is true. We'll have to continue to set the watch and... Be on our guard, which I suppose we would anyway, given the strange noises and the awful creatures that we've seen in the forest. Indeed. This is why I have not discussed it with you previously, as it would change nothing. Yes. Hmm. Well, perhaps you're right. What do you think of Faleth's new... pet? I'm concerned about it. I don't know what it means. I've never seen anything like that, and I... I felt very strange the first time I met it. Uh, I feel hesitant to get too close. This little piggy went to market. 
and this little piggy stayed home and this little piggy had tofu and this little piggy had none and this little piggy went wee Plant-like nature reeks of druidic bastardry. She seems very attached to it. I think we may be stuck with it as a traveling companion, at least for some time, but I hope there's nothing sinister attached to it. If there is, I do not tell Faelith, but I will take much joy in crushing its tiny head. I will say nothing, and we shall... Continue to watch carefully. My thanks, Paladin. How close are we to Dormer Hollow, Cass? You're about two or three days, maybe a few more, depending on travel conditions. Okay. I don't think there was anything else that Quarry wanted to do while we were trekking along. Melian has quickly relieved their conscience. Did anybody else have anything? Nope. Just showering my baby in love. Trent seems very interested in your fern borer, but he mostly is really interested in trying to figure out what type of flowers are growing on its back. Adorable ones. Yes, but, but there could be... They, they could have certain... They, they, they could have medicinal uses. You do not pick the flesh off my baby's back. Do you hear me? Those flowers are part of his body. You can't have them. That's terrible. You may have them if he sheds them naturally. Are you sure he'd even feel it? Are you sure it's a he? We are not going to test that theory because the answer is, if he does feel it, I'll stick my ghosts on you. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Back away from the fern pig. And that ends that conversation forever. Yes. Yes, it does. However, if they drop off on their own, you're welcome to do whatever science thing you want to them. He seems more concerned about it than before, even. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to see that we have a healthy respect for my piggy's little body. Otherwise than that, you continue along, progressing through the forest. Can I have perception checks? Oh, I'm rolling so low tonight. That's a nine. <laughs> You thought yours was low. <laughs> Melian rolls a three. Faileth got 21. <laughs> I see everything. I oh, am no. all seeing and all lies. Will I share with you? That's the question. Faileth, as you've been going, you've been noticing that there are more and more spider webs in the trees around your party. You haven't seen anything. Actually, to be honest, you don't hear any animals. You don't hear anything except the sound of the horses, the little bit of talking, the movement of the river. But there are no birds tweeting. There are no animals making cute little squeaks. Hey, do you think we can have spider kebabs for dinner? Phil, if that would require spider meat. Well, I don't um, want to we could just stop. 
but it looks like there's so many around here and spider kebabs are delicious. What makes you think there are many spiders? Uh, the 20 billion spider webs and the fact that there isn't another animal within shouting distance. Hmm. Do you well, not observed. see them? No, I, I see, I see them now that you mention it. I have just not been paying attention. I've got eyes in the back of my head. That sounds painful. Disorienting. Occasionally. So what do you see? Spider kebabs? Yes? No? I... We have much to do in Dwemer Hollow and not enough time. Mm. I think we should press on. Fine. Though, now that you mention these spider webs, the frequency of them seems disconcerting. Hopefully, we'll make it through without incident. Uh, and even if we were to be attacked, we would hear them attack those ahead of us beforehand. Hmm. True. Well, perhaps we should keep our weapons handy just in case. Though, Melian, I know your weapon is always near to hand. Indeed. She sort of looks at Marsh and Trent like, Okay, guys, so, you know, you might need help a little bit. If we do fight some spiders, I call the legs. They're the tastiest bet. They get real crunchy. All right, Faleth. We'll uh, try to save some legs for you. Thank you. That's all I ask. Marsh is whittling away at a piece of wood. Uh, at the moment, you can't really tell what it is. Uh, it sort of looks like a weird oblong shape. Maybe a dog? But it doesn't have enough limbs? Ooh, what are you making? Wouldn't you like to know? Yes, that's why I asked. Well, we'll just have to wait and find out. He, sa he says as he shakes the uh, whittling knife towards you. Phyllis sticks her tongue out at him behind his back. Had he seen it, he would chuckle. The cart continues onwards, and as it does, it comes to a bit of a bend in the road. And as you come around, you see that Anna and Fulgrim have stopped, and the road in front of you, the section of it, has been washed out by the river. Hmm. How large a section are we talking? Mm, probably about... 300, 400 feet. Enough so that getting the carp through here is going to be quite hard, or you're going to have to figure out another way around. As you start to come up this way, uh, you see that they're talking back and forth, and uh, she seems to be pointing in the direction of going, well, we can go through the forest, and, and he's basically going like, no, we are not going into the forest. Have you seen how big those spider webs are? I won't be able to protect you. Okay, uh, when you say washed out, you mean like, uh, there's kind of like a slope in it, of it into the river, and it's impassable? Or like, the river has expanded its banks, and the road has kind of been consumed by the river? A whole section of it has, like, most of it seems to have fallen into the river along this area. Okay, so it's left, like, a weird sideways incline that we couldn't really take the wagon along. 
Yeah, but you okay. wouldn't really be able to take the wagon along. How thick are the trees on either side? Oh, well, the trees are only off to the left, because the other side is the river, oh, right. where it's being washed out into. But uh, they're pretty thick. They're, you might be able to get a wagon between them. It would be bumpy and wouldn't be, and you might need to remove things out of the way, but the more dangerous thing is the fact that the spider webs are going across them. Mm -hmm. uh, Melian turns his horse around and rides back and checks the repair on the wagon. How, 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 in how good repair is the wagon? Give me a d20. I'm not going to bribe you for a good, no, okay. The uh, 19. It is in impeccable repair. In which case, Melian suggests that what they should do is uh, take the wheels off the wagon, put it into the river, have the horses tow it, because they'll be able to walk along the uneven bank. Uh, we'll just use some rope, tow the wagon to where the road picks back up, and then um, put the wheels back on. How deep is the river? Uh, looking at it here horses probably so long as they're near the edge should be able to walk through it hmm. at least at this section of it you're unsure because it, this basically continues for about 300 400 feet right i like your idea Melly, and i feel concerned given uh, the difficulty that i had walking across the river when we originally we're pursuing the bandits, but perhaps it, it won't be as slippery here if we test for the depth and, uh, yes, I, I think it's a good idea. I don't think that we should venture into the forest. Agreed. Well, the sooner we begin, the uh, sooner we will be through. Indeed. Let's do this. Uh, but while Faelith's helping, she's keeping her eye open for spiders that she can catch, because she really wants to eat some. Give me a perception check. Well, there's got to be at least a couple of little ones that I can just sneak into my pockets. Uh, 17. Oh yeah, there's quite a few. There's a, a whole bunch of them over by a couple of the webs. It does seem like they're past the first layer of webs, mostly, or on the other side of them, but, but you could get to them. Faileth is going to be like, yeah, let's let's do this thing, let's go! And she kind of sidles towards where the most of the spiders are. Is Faileth making a stealthy approach? Or yes. uh, escape? Let's see if my good rolls hold out. Hey! Uh, it's an 18 for stealth. Beats my passive perception. Oh yeah, no, beats my passive perception. Can't stand. Yeah, so Faileth, uh, you, you can reach through and grab a couple spiders. Uh, I'm just going to uh, stuff as many as I can get my hands on into my pocket for later. You definitely, Baron, or uh, the, the little fern boar starts to make some squealing sounds as you do. He seems to be scared of spiders, or she. Oh, Doesn't I like do. them. And makes a couple little squealing sounds, to which Melian and Quarry probably will hear. Yeah, but that pig is squealing all the time, so I take no special notice of the pig squealing. <laughs> yeah, Quarry's actually more interested in what Fulgrim and Anna 
are doing as we set about disassembling our wagon. Okay. Well, let's then flip over to looking into that conversation and what's going on there. Uh, well, Faileth continues to stuff some spiders into her. Don't y'all be complaining when I'm eating spider tonight and all you've got is hardtack. Ah, yes. She keeps reaching through the web and pulling back out, quivering it. Wari, listening in on Fulgrim and Anna, what? Are you stealthily doing this? Are you just like angling, arranging yourself to be nearest to them while you help Melian with these pieces? Oh, I don't even think that Quarry's necessarily attempting to eavesdrop. It's more like as we're working on disassembling the wagon, Quarry's got in their mind the thought that, oh, these people tried to help us earlier when we were attacked. Oh, but Melian's really suspicious about them. I wonder what they're going to do. They're in a similar predicament to us. Are they going to throw their lot in with us? Are they going to offer to help us with the wagon? Are they going to go their own way? They're just, they're curious to see how they behave more than what they're saying. Okay. So they seem to be arguing back and forth. They mostly seem to be focused on their predicament at the time, but... You see Anna jump down from her horse, and she turns and looks your way and says, Would another horse be of help to you? Uh, Quarry would look to Melian, because it's his plan, and Quarry's not quite sure. Uh, how many horses do we have pulling our current wagon? Just one? Yeah, just one. Yeah, second, ho second horse would certainly not go amiss. My lady, please, you, you can't. Fulgur. I can't. And I will. And you see her, like, turn, like, she, she walks the horse over to you guys, hands you the reins, and says, I am going to go and figure out the depths. And she starts to pull off some of her clothes, because it appears she's going to go and swim the river. Ooh. Oh dear. Mm. It's very cold. Faileth bows her head in sorrow for anyone that goes into water. Shall not come out. You, you know you're going to have to wade through this river, right? No. You know you're going to have to carry me over this river, right? Oh. Yes. <laughs> that is true. Seeing that uh, the Lady Anna is about to go for a swim, Quarry will say, Should we tie a length of rope for you to hold on to in case the current is too strong? She shoots you a brief smile and says... You have nothing to worry. I will be guided by Hime. Quarry would nod an acknowledgement of that. Also, it is my experience that tying a rope to a swimmer simply drags them down. And you see her walk. She goes over to her pack in her at the horse. Uh, and she's taken off a decent amount of her clothes, but she seems to be taking off anything that would drag. She hasn't taken off all of the clothes that you'd expect her to take off for swimming. And she grabs a piece of rope that is weighted on the bottom of it, but has notches. And you see her walk up to the edge of the water, and she raises her hand, and she says a brief prayer. And then she steps out onto the water, and begins to sound the water, walking across it. Melian's eyes go wide, and he's doing that thing where he's like looking at 
Corian and looking at Faileth and then looking at the woman walking on water, like, that's not natural. She must be blessed by Hime. We should continue with our work. I need that. Mm-hmm. I need it. To never get wet again. To hover over bodies of water as if they have no power over you. That's oh, beautiful. Faileth, I'm sure the lady still bathes. But she doesn't touch the water. She floats above it. Why would she bathe if she didn't have to? Oh, I can still get wet. Oh. Well, then your superpower is not as cool. it is useful. And you see her walk along the surface of the water, sounding it out. And she figures out a couple places where it's actually quite a bit deeper than it looks. And a few places where it looks like there's some rocks that or hidden snags and various other things like that. And she comes back and she shares that information with you guys. My thanks. That will be very helpful as we navigate. If if you would be willing, I, I can share this blessing. But I... She points to... She basically, like... She, she inclines her head to Faileth, but I recognize that my earlier offer for aid was... presumptuous and unwanted. Uh, Faileth steps away from the spider webs and walks over to the lady and says, Right, so we got off on the wrong foot. The thing is, I don't love the touching. Not really into it. Unless it's someone I know really well. Like, Malian can throw me over his shoulder, it's all good. But I get a little jumpy when I'm not expecting it. So... I apologize for freaking out at you a little bit when you tried to heal me. I'll recognize that you're probably just trying to be nice, but you touched me and I don't like that. However, if you can teach me how not to get wet, we will be best friends forever. Melian looks agog at this uh, demonstration of self-awareness. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm becoming a fully realized human being. She looks shocked and aghast, like she doesn't really know what to say to this. Uh, oh, should then... I should I explain? So, see, the thing is, I was raised by ghosts, um, so I have not like I never got hugged as a child or anything. Like, I think Malian was the first person who ever hugged me, and I almost killed him when he did that because I was so freaked out about it. But now I like it, you know, from my friends. But because, you know, I was raised by ghosts, as I mentioned, uh, the touching strangers weird for me. I have, I'm, I'm jumpy. I get, uh, I get stabby. So I do apologize for oh. that. I'm very sorry to hear that. Oh, my no, it was great. Irene, my, my sister, Irene, she also does, yes some issues with uh, physical contact. Was she raised by ghosts too? Uh, uh, n- no, no, my, uh, our, uh, our mother is very much alive. Oh. Did she just not like you? Ah. Uh. Melian's like circling to the other side of the wagon with the giant wrench, like, <laughs> <clears throat> she has a v- v- very delicate skin. Oh. So, like, if she hugged you, 
Her skin would break. That's even worse than ghosts. Yes. I'm very sorry. I mean, I feel like I'd be even sadder if I knew that my mum could hug me and just chose not to. You must have been very sad growing up without a mother. No, she's still here. She's right there. She's just, you know, a ghost. Her eyes go wide. <laughs> Faileth, perhaps we refrain from telling the strangers all of our secrets. But I already told her I was raised by ghosts. Or like, I led with that. Her, her eyes are wide and then they sort of soften and and she she turns and she's turns in the complete wrong direction uh, but bows her head and says it's a pleasure to meet you she's very clearly bowing to like an oak tree or something at this point Faileth just giggles but doesn't say anything because she's impressed that uh, the lady didn't try to have her like uh, killed I uh, Melian and Quarry, can I have perception checks from you? Mm-hmm. Are the spiders crawling out of Faith's pocket and trying to eat her? Eleven. Ooh, ooh, that's a nineteen. So, two things. You do notice that there are some spider webs on Faith clinging to her a little bit. And there may or may not be a spider or two that's crawled out trying to that's crawling out of her pocket, but like one of her hands is really like spider webby. But Look what she collected you... some babies, and now the, the parents are going to come. Excellent. But the other thing is that when Anna said that she has a sister, Iren, you heard the you heard Fulgrim in the background like sputter and start coughing. Do you need some water, friend? Uh, I <coughs> no, I I I I have my own skin. <laughs> Thank you, very kind. God, I would hope so. If you didn't have skin, you'd be horrifying to look at. And I say that as someone who regularly speaks to dead folks. <laughs> in in my travels, I have come against some monsters though, that were skin animated by the dead. By, by... Like only skin? You've seen empty husks. Uh, he he lo- nods to you. All right, that's yes. pretty cool. Did you fight in the Blissful Rebellion? No. I had duties elsewhere at that time. Was this recently? Is there somewhere that is afflicted by this? To the east, in the Heartland, there was a apprentice mage who say his magic was the end of him. And it was... It wrought some rather unfortunate circumstances that laid a town, a small village low. Mm. The problem... Many people were touched by it. It was unfortunate and quite cataclysmic. But the problem has been dealt with. Uh, Yes. A local chapter of the Protectors of Dusk handled it. Wonderful, then. I'm glad to hear it. And he brings his horse over and basically offers to have his horse help as well, and... He starts asking if there's anything he can do to help you guys. He'll basically, he'll just throw in his. 
throw his weight behind and help you guys with it. And it's a couple more minutes this passes, and it's just as you guys have gotten the wheels off, and you've gotten the horses hitched, and you're and you're starting to head towards the water, unless you would like to take Anna's offer to... Teach me how to walk on water, please. If it means that I do not have to carry Phelan, and I can pay more attention to the horses, I will... She will happily, she asks you to kneel down, Faileth, and she just starts to pray, and she starts to pray to Hime, and the prayer goes on, and it goes on for about maybe ten minutes and six seconds. Faileth looks she so uncomfortable. Casts. Every time she calls upon the god, she cringes slightly, but she really wants to walk on her. She's like, oh, this better be worth it. I feel all churchy and gross. Oh, Hime, protect us Ugh. in your heart house. We scatter around us the ashes that are your heart to bring your warmth and your love into us. Let us walk upon all liquids. Let us walk over danger. Let us walk past that which would bring us down. Let us not bring muddy shoe prints into your hearth and home. And basically, like, it goes on like that. And then when she finishes it, uh, she casts, uh, richly casts, Water Walk. Up to ten willing creatures, you can see within range, gain this ability. To be honest, she even can actually do it. She could, she talks, she asks you guys if she should do it to the horses. Uh, I mean, if she can, that'd be great. Then they, then I don't have to worry about the depth of the river. Let me just count out... Melian, Quarry, Faileth, Fulgrim, Anna, um, Marsh, Trent, and three horses. There's exactly ten. Nice. <laughs> and she casts it. The only one she can't cast it on is the is the fern boar, but I assume Faileth will be carrying it. Oh yeah, he's fern. coming with me. I don't trust him to walk on the water by himself. I don't know how he absorbs that, and I feel like it could be a bad idea. So, as she casts it, she pulls out a piece of as she's been casting it and saying her prayer, she pulls out this piece of cork, and as she throws it up into the air above you, you see it burst into flames and turn into ashes that swirl out and settle down upon you, but where they fall onto your feet, they glow and are briefly warm. And now you can walk on water for the next hour. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Faileth is now convinced that she can walk on water forever. I can't wait for this to go horribly wrong mm-hmm. when Faileth steps into the river next time. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to fully solidify her belief that gods are bullshit. Uh-huh. But you got this power from a god. Oh, I didn't say that she was right. <laughs> But she asked to be taught how to walk on water, which she assumed means that now she can always do that. Anna will explain uh, that this this blessing should last for about an hour, uh, and that uh, it is by the grace of Hime she's been given, granted this great gift. You can see Fulgrim is, sort of in the background, is uncomfortable. And keeps shooting Anna-pointed glances. But she seems to be completely blissfully unaware and is just continuing to talk about Hime and the blessings of Hime. Faileth has tuned her out so thoroughly 
uh, since about five minutes into this prayer. So she could literally be explaining the recipe for eternal life and Faileth would not hear a word of it. <laughs> She's got cartoons going on a loop in there. Excellent. Meanwhile, Kawari is very interested in what she has to say and um, says, are you by chance a cleric of Hime or a paladin? She smiles and says, I am a devotee of the Hearth Mother. I see. It's clear that she smiles upon you. It is a blessing. And one that I share with as many as I can. A noble aim. But before this runs out, we should be on our way. Indeed. And as just as you guys are about to get the horses to the edge of the river. Spiders. Spiders. There is a howl. A wolf's howl. That's not that a spider. The That's not what wolf you. spiders means. <laughs> and then there are more. And as you turn, you see coming out of the gloom, coming breaking through some of the spider webs, a wolf's head larger than you would expect. And as its body begins to come out from the shadows behind, that head sits upon the body of a giant spider. Its long spidery legs even coming to end in wolf-like paws. And a low snarl escapes its wolf-like maw that drips with a strange greenish ichor or saliva that where it falls and pits the ground sizzles. It brings its head up again and howls and you see more beginning to come out. Everyone, please roll initiative. Uh, oof. Ooh, a five. Ten. Also a five. Which one of you has a higher dex? I'm, uh, I don't know, actually. Mine's I would have plus two. Mine's plus three. Okay. What do Anna and Fulgrim get? Oh! Oh. Anna gets a five! That's gracious. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Oh! Okay, that's better. Uh, Fulgrim has a 13. Oh, not terrible. You've got the horses all hitched up to the wagon that you've removed the wheels from. And they were just getting into the water. Every, all of the humanoids are able to walk on water. And you guys are near the edge of the water. Melian, probably you're even maybe standing over the water right now, like holding mm-hmm. the reins of, the, of one of the horses. Yeah. As that howl went up, the horses definitely, like, they, they started to, they, you can see them starting to get concerned. 
They might even try to bolt kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And we will begin. So, the most ironic thing of all is... Do you want to know who goes first in this? I mean, it's obviously the night guy. No. Is it Marsh? It's Marsh and Trent. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) And they'll do all the work and we won't need to and it'll be great. So, the first thing that Trent is going to do is he's going to step out onto the water and he's going to grab the reins of one of the horses and he's going to hand that to Marsh and then he's going to start, like petting the other horses and take the rein from you, Melian. And he's going to okay. be like, we'll, we'll keep them as far away from th- those. <laughs> so he's freeing you guys up for combat to deal with, and he is going to attempt some animal handling, and actually he's pretty decent at it. He got a nice 17 on it. So he's going to quiet the horses down a bit. Hopefully he'll be able to keep them quiet and they won't bolt or break any of their legs and up next we actually have two of the spiders are going to go first and they are going to from their distance uh, these two are going to launch webs towards you guys and they are going to launch webs this one is going to shoot a web out towards Anna and oh okay uh, is going to actually hit her so she has been struck by a flying blot of web that has wrapped around her and she lets out a shrill like a, a shriek but it's almost more a shriek of indignation than anything else uh and you hear Fulgrim say, My lady! And she goes, Don't help me! Get rid of them! And the second spider is going to fail to hit anyone with its web. It lobs a web that goes flying into the water. And Fulgrim is going to step forward. And he's going to charge this of spiders that have come out. He's going to make going to use his multi-attack action and will take make two swipes and he will hit with both uh, cleaving into one of the spiders that is at the forefront for total of 20 damage and that is Fulgrim's turn and with that another spider will go and it is going to uh, it's going to lob a web at Fela and... Just because I wanted to eat your children, is that what this is about? <laughs> Probably. Uh, and it, for its web attack, it gets a 18, so if I remember correct, that should hit you. So, you are webbed. Which means that you are restrained Ooh. by webbing. So, on your turn, you can make a strength check to burst the webbing. But it is an action to do so. Rude. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we are at Kawari's turn. Okay. First, um, the spider that hit Anna, is that, like, is its web still kind of attached to it? Like, it could reel her in? Or is it just like she's been stuck with It's just sticky... like a glob of sticky wet okay, webbing cool. that is shot out 
it hit her and has sort of like webbed down onto the uh, ground around her. Got it. Uh, Where a portion of it webbed down into the water, that's sort of like flapping and hanging. Mm -hmm. Okay, in that case, I am going to cast Hunter's Mark on the spider, whatever spider is closest to me. Okay. Can you roll a d6? That's a one. Okay. I've noted which one that is. Cool. Um, and I, now that I've cast Hunter's Mark, I am going to make an attack with my halberd. Um, and I'm going to attempt, attempt to chop off its legs so that Faileth can eat them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is a 21 to hit. Oh, that will hit. Excellent. You're so considerate, cro- considerate. <laughs> <laughs> Do what I can. Um, and that is going to be a total of 14 damage. Do you need to know how much was slashing and how much was from the Hunter's Mark? No, I do not. Okay, then that is my first attack. And the second attack is a an 18. That will hit. And that is going to be 9 more damage. So as your halberd bites into this one slicing and slashing it doesn't act, it doesn't get any of its leg it doesn't cleave any leg off uh, but it does leave some nasty cuts on them and you can see that these legs are a bit different than normal spider legs they almost seem to be like wolf legs that have been extended and distended Ew, and have gross. more joints in them than they should hmm. and they have patchy bits of hair that almost looks like it has mange on it and in other parts, it looks more like the sleeker leg of a spider with filaments it's coming up off of it. So unpleasant. It makes a snapping sound with its jaws, and another spider, one of these creatures that is right next, like almost right next to it, mm-hmm. is going to make a bite at you. Oh. Yeah, it's going to come and snap at you. I will state that these creatures have pack tactics so they do have advantage against a creature if at least one of the wolf's allies is within five feet and the ally isn't incapacitated. Hmm. Great. And they apparently need they they apparently need it because that was either a nine Mm -hmm. or a twenty-one. So. Jeez. (sighs) So they will hit. This one is going to bring its chomp its down with its Mm. fanged, dripping maw onto your arm. Mm -hmm. And it will deal seven piercing damage. Can you make a constitution save? Mm. That is a 19. Okay, you will not take the poison damage. Another one is going to come chomping down onto you. Uh, But it will miss, and then the last one will come chomping down onto Fulgrim, and will hit with almost a crit. It will deal... He will succeed on his constitution saving, so he will not. And with that, Melian, it's your turn. 
You can hear more howls being taken up in the woods behind you guys. And the sound of the forest almost seeming to come alive as the chittering sounds of spiders and the skittering of them throughout the forest begins to move and boil in your direction. Uh, Melian, in a very uh, heroic move, pulls out his mistway javelin, spins it in, in his hand, and then whips it at... There, You said one bit faileth, right? Or no, they shot webs at faileth. Shot webs yeah, I'm all webbed up. Is there anybody... Oh, yeah. Is there, is there one near faileth? No, it did not close the distance. Uh, but one did bite quarry. Yes, one has bitten quarry and one has bitten fulgrim. They both moved up to fight some of the spiders. Yeah, I do not care about fulgrim. I mean, no offense, fulgrim, but I care about you the least. Um... Is there only one near Quarry? Like, does Quarry appear to have hers handled, or is it... There are two on Quarry and two on Fulgrim, but Quarry and Fulgrim are quite close to each other, so there's four near Quarry. Sure. All right. In which case, I'll take the one on the far side of Quarry from Fulgrim. So Fulgrim should be on one side. I want to take the other side, and I'll throw the javelin at that at that spider. Yeah. Uh, for a 21. That will hit. Uh, in which case, it will take seven piercing damage, and then I will engage its magic, and I will teleport next to it and hit it again. Nice. I only rolled a 12, so I'm going to attack recklessly for a 25. Sorry, that's not That's not, 25 is not right, it's a 15. <laughs> so the 15 is the attacking recklessly. That will hit. Uh, and then this second attack will also do 7 points of piercing damage. Uh, but now I've attacked recklessly, so I uh, am out of I'm at a penalty now. Alright, everything attacks me with advantage. And you still have your se- your second attack, because your second attack in oh, this round I, was a yeah. free attack from successfully uh, hitting and teleporting. So yeah, uh, in which case, cause, just because I feel like it's a lot more fun this way, Melian also pulls out a hand axe, and so while he's got the spider pinned, he just chops into it with the second hand, hand axe. Uh, that's a 21 to hit. We'll be eating legs tonight, boys! <laughs> for seven for seven more slashing damage. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know how I managed to roll sevens for all three of those, but it was hilarious. Excellent. But this is slashing instead of piercing, so I could in theory be cutting off legs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Legs, yes, for dinner. Faileth, it is your turn. You are wrapped in... So you're restrained. Aye. And I'll use the action to try to get out. Okay. But for my bonus action, yes, thank you, spider assholes, I'm going to call upon my ghosts. I'll roll my d8. That's a one. Who's coming to help me? Let me see. A one is... Number one is the tail of the clever animal. So for the next ten minutes, whenever the target makes an intelligence, a wisdom, or a charisma check, the target Ooh, can roll better. an extra die immediately after rolling the d20 and add the extra die's number to the check. The extra die is the same type as your bardic inspiration die. Nice, that is better than what it used to be. What did it used to be? Uh, the old one is... You recite the tale of a clever animal. For one minute, the target has advantage on wisdom checks. Uh, but I also could have gotten advantage on attack rolls against a creature. Hmm. Well, this is the other one. This is the one that you've got. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping for something that could, you know, get me out of the way. 
Bloodsea lovey. I guess I'll make my strength check now. Well, you do get this tale of this squirrel. My favorite? It, you get this tale from a whole bunch of various ghost squirrels that are talking about a squirrel that's out there somewhere, that's still alive. They chitter at you about how luxurious her fur was, how wonderful and bushy her tail, how she would go off on adventures, and that she would help her sisters, and that she was this, just, this pillar of the animal community. They give you some tale about how she had tricked an owl that was hunting some of the squirrels into getting its head stuck facing the wrong way, and that she would only help that owl uh, get its head back to being facing the correct way if that owl would stop preying on the other squirrels in the forest. Of course, it was all a contrived trick that she had created but she did get what she wanted in the end. She was a very clever animal. But let's see you make that uh, uh, strength <laughs> check to break out. <laughs> uh, I rolled a 17. Oh! Faileth in a unexpected burst of strength that the tail of the animal, it just it buoys you up and like like a squirrel, you, you can feel strength flowing through you, even though you haven't used the tail at all. This, this is not me saying that. Uh, and, because it, it wouldn't help you in any way, shape, or form. It would not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flex but... my tiny muscles in a gale. Like a squirrel am I! Mighty and fierce! And you break out of the uh, webbing. Right, One of the you. strands of webbing that was that's still attached to you, you see the little baby fern boar snugged in your coat just starts to nibble on it. And then eats it. Good job. Baby. And then you see a little spider that's sort of like a skittering skittering away, and the the, the fern boar just <laughs> suctions it in. They're and makes this like empty. really satisfied like piggy noise as it crunches the spider. Hell yeah. And that is your action and bonus action. And with that, it is Anna's turn. And is anyone looking about? She doesn't think anyone looks seriously injured at this point in time. Uh, so she is going to try and burst out from the... Oh, and she got a 17. So, emboldened by seeing Faileth break free, she will also break free from her uh, webbing. Damn right. And then she's going to use her movement to actually step back out and onto the water a little bit. And with that, we go straight to the top of the initiative order, and... The horses remain under control. They don't bolt. They are whinnying and they are very scared, but Marsh and Trent seem to have them under control. And a spider, the one that is engaged with Quarry currently, that uh, she that Quarry has Hunter's Mark on, is going to attack Quarry. And because they have... Wow. Uh, the highest they rolled was a two, so they don't hit. 
Um, and this other spider that is nearby, uh, that is a dirty 20. Or a 7. Um, so that's a dirty 20. Cory, mm -hmm. does that hit? Uh, it's not attacking me from behind, so I suppose. One Sadly. day this shield will come in handy. It did come in handy, remember a couple sessions back? No. Don't you remember that one time? <laughs> Somehow it's escaped my mind, but uh, that's okay. Well, it, it did. Uh, can you please make a constitution <laughs> saving throw? Of course. Mm, that is a 19. Uh, you will pass your constitution saving throw as its fangs bite into you. You will take five piercing damage. Ugh, okay. It's Fulgrim's turn, and he is going to take a swipe. He will just barely miss with his first attack action. And his second attack action uh, will just hit. Twelve damage to that spider with one of his two attacks, because the first one didn't hit. And Quarry, it is now your turn. Excellent. Okay, so the one that I have Hunter's Mark on is the one that I'm going for again. Let me see. I... Okay, never mind. All of the things that I were going to do would require me to have concentration. So, I will keep up this Hunter's Mark and I will attack the one in front of me with my halberd. Uh, and I think I'm going for the head now, seeing as the legs weren't so easy to sever. Um, that is a 16. That will hit. Yay! That is... 16 damage. Please describe the end of this poor, unfortunate... spider-wolf... Thing? ...monstrosity. Legs Cory, seeing that the, like, the legs weren't so easy to sever, and having been bitten by it, kind of draws back with a halberd and takes a really m mighty swing at the top of its head and just kind of buries the axe-like portion of the halberd in it and then pulls it out. And it drops dead. It drops dead and as it does you see more of its body sort of how how it sort of like falls forward. You can see that it's elongated, like it's it's elongated like a wolf, and then has like a strange, swollen sort of abdomen mm. for its back, mm. and it really looks Yuck. like you took a spider and clothed it in a wolf. Yuck! Super gross. Wolves. Um, I'm going to attack the other one that bit me. I don't think I hit because that's only a fourteen. That will match. Oh. Good. Okay. Well, no hunter's mark damage, but here we go with the halberd. Going for the and head. Are you attacking the one that Fulgrim is attacking, or the one that Melian is attacking? I have no idea. One of them bit me last round. That so. is the one Melian's attacking. Okay. Then I will attack the one that Melian's attacking. And that is 12 damage. Not bad. Excellent. With that, the one that is engaged with Melian and Quarry will sort of skitter and it looks rabid in the eyes. And it's going to attempt 
to attack Meliop. If it's attacking me, remember to get the advantage. I rolled 15 twice, so 20. <laughs> uh, a 20 will hit. Okay. Can you please make a constitution saving throw? An 18. Uh, you'll pass the constitution saving throw, but you will take 10 piercing damage. Ow. Bites into your... Yeah, I rolled high. <laughs> As it mm. bites into your... Uh... It bites you somewhere, but... Even you can see the noxious saliva that drips from its maw, like as it is coated mm. around your wound, and you can feel it burning a bit, but it doesn't do whatever it's. Your, your, your internal strength fights it off, and then this one is going to take. Uh, then two more that were a little further back are going to come forward, and they're going to jump at. Oh, yeah, this one's a very, either very smart one or very dumb one. One of them is going to go slightly around and is going to charge at Faleth. Oh, Matt, we rule a 20. Come at me, bro. No. Please make a constitution save. Ah, oh, damn. Five. So that's 12 piercing damage. Oh. oh, shit. And because you failed the constitution saving throw, uh, that's nine poison damage. Ow. So your oh, arm is burning where, as it bites into you. Ow! You jerk! And it rips back some blood spraying and howls. Not cool. Mm. And it bit me. And another one is going to uh, fail to hit Kuwari. Uh, but, Melian, it is your turn. So one of them just bit... There's one that's right next to Faleth, is what I'm hearing. There's one right next to Faleth, a bit behind you guys. There's the one you're still fighting. And there's another one that's moved up to attack Kuwari, but failed to hit. Um, well, um, Faleth has taken a bunch of damage, and now it sounds like she's poisoned, so... Melian roars, and then it goes by rage. Uh, so, I float up into the air, um, my body shines with light, as white fur bursts out of my skin, my face elongates into a line, and then a mane sort of pops out, uh, and there's like a flare of music from somewhere, no one even knows where, and then Melian drops back down, roars again, and then... He's going to hurl the javelin at the one that just bit Faleth. Uh, ignoring, I guess provoking an attack of opportunity, probably. Mm, I actually am not sure that that would be how that went. Uh, anyway, you you could tell me, regardless. Uh, While Malian's you're attacking. rolling, I'm going to do one small search. Uh, Melian is attacking recklessly. Um, <laughs> so I get a 23 to hit. So you will hit. And just so that you're aware, because teleporting, unless it directly says you use your movement action, only a movement action or a dash action will provoke an attack of opportunity. Nice. In which case, I do eight piercing damage, and then I teleport over to that one, and I stab it a second time. Nice. Using all of my uses of that for today, but... And that second attack is a 23 for three points of damage, so a total of 11, and then I, once again I will use the same tactic as last time, I've got a hand axe in my hand. Uh, an 18 to hit, which I assume is going to hit, for eight more points of slashing damage in this instance. Nice. And then 
uh, he roars. In the face of the... Or into the face of the um, wolf. It is... It looks stunned and surprised for a brief moment, but also very angry. And Phalus, it's your turn now. I'm going to attack the asshole who just bit me. I'm going to reach out and touch its spidery carapace and say, Eat necrotic damage, you jerk. And I'm going to cast Inflict Wounds. There's a 21 to hit. That will strike true. Excellent. No. Its fur is slightly soft, but also I want to use a second level spell for the extra fuck you? Or do I think 3d10 will do it? I mean, I did just do 19 points of damage to it. Yeah, I'm thinking the 3d10 is probably enough. It takes 18 damage. It had 18 life. (laughs) Yeah! I'll kill you, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna eat you. So as you touch it, and this, like, black tendrils of your power reach out and swirl across it, you see this look of horror come across its face. It's almost black veins pull and grow twisting across it, and where they leave behind, dust begins to fall from them, and it begins to fall apart into disparate pieces. But, every single leg seems to be intact. <gasps> A slave <laughs> mamad knew my true heart's desire for spider legs. And the central portion of it and its head just crumbles into dust. The legs are still standing there briefly and then fall over. Mm, I'm gonna roast those so good. Anna, a bit behind you, calls out, Are you hurt? No, I'm starving. But also, yes, I'm hurt. (laughs) Will you accept my aid? Yes, thank you for asking permission first. I gave you consent to touch my person. Uh, and she will cast Cure Wounds. She will come up behind you and she will place her hand upon you, calling upon the Hearth Mother to speed your recovery. She says she may or may not say something that sort of sounds like she's asking for like speedy recovery, for you to skip the time that you would need to have in bed with warm chicken noodle soup and all those things. You will get 21 hit points back. Oh, thank you. That's nearly put me back at full there. Actually, I do think it does put me back at full. Nope, not quite. But I'm close. Thank you. May he may guide your hand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then one of the spiders that is engaged with... This one is the one that's currently engaged with Quarry now is going to get a 22 to hit. I please have the constitution saving throw mm-hmm. from Quarry. Mm-hmm. 14. You'll pass that, uh, but you will take 9 piercing damage. Ow! Alright. Uh, and then Oh, I raged that last time. He'll take uh, 6 more points of damage. Oh, the one that died. It's dead anyway. Never mind. (laughs) 
I was like, oh gosh, which one which one did you attack? Oh no, that one's no, dead. It's the one that <laughs> yeah, it's one that failed just killed. Never mind, it, it gets extra dead. I rage so seldom that I forgot that Yeah, I I understand. Uh, <laughs> he will miss with his first attack, like he seems to be whiffing on almost all of his first attacks, but he'll hit with his second one and he will cleave this spider in two. He doesn't hit any of the legs, he just cuts its its skull straight in it, straight in half with his great sword. And Quarry, it is your turn. Excellent. I will move my hunter's mark to the one that I hit last. So there is the one that you hit last, mm -hmm. or there is the one that Melian was fighting before before he vanished. Um, the other one can wait its I turn. Quarry will hit the one that it that they hit last. Okay. Uh, hopefully, we'll hit, and that is an eighteen. That will hit. Perfect. And that is 16 points of damage. Okay. Um, has a look. And this is not the one that Melian had hit before, right? No, this is the one that I hit last time. It is still standing. Well, I think I'm going to go for a pointed thrust at the chest with this next one. Oops, oops, oops. Man, I rolled it right off the table. Try that again. Oh, if only I hadn't tried it again. That's a 10. That will not hit. It yep. sort of pushes its body up just as you strike through between there. Mm, miss uh, underneath. How sad. And as you extend to strike, the one that was engaged with Melian a moment before, uh, that has quite a few different lacerations and cuts across it, is going to snarl and snap in Quarry's direction. Hmm. Because there are two within five feet of each other. That is a 17 and a 23. Oh, the 23 so, gets me. Please make a constitution saving. Ooh, that's a dirty 20. You will succeed on the constitution saving throw, but you will take eight points of piercing damage. <sighs> okay. Then the this is the other one that is this one's sort of between Fulgrim between Kwari mm -hmm. is going to whiff on both its attacks. Yay! On its it it's going to whiff on its one attack with intention. Uh, and with that, Melian, it's your turn again. So I'll just move with whatever the closest uh, spider is. Because um, he's enraged, so it's just oh, at speed, it just runs over and stab the next one. Uh, this one, so he's got the javelin in one hand and the axe in the other. This time he's going to come up, like try and get it through the neck from a, from underneath uh, to try and this uh, this one that you're going at is the one that you were attacking before. Oh, good. I'm essentially just back to finish it off. Uh, so. I have not been paying attention, and I'm not sure if 14 is going to hit, so I'm going to attack recklessly for a crit. Excellent crit. Uh, so that is 10 points of piercing damage as Melian swings the javelin up under its head and sort of, like, gets it up in the air, hopefully. Describe the end of its poor unfortunate monster. Um, 
So how... Well, alright, in which case... So Melian gets it sort of at the border between the wolf's head and the spider body. And as he goes to heave it in the air and try and slash it underneath with the axe, uh, the head just rips right off. Um, and is now, like, on the end of his javelin, like a pike, like a head mounted on a pike. And he's like, oh, oh And then um, we'll throw the hand axe that he's holding, because those are throwable at... Um, at one of the other spiders while he's trying to jiggle the head off of its weapon for a 24 Fantastic. to hit. That will hit. Uh, for four points of slashing damage. That will strike true, and it will hit the one that Quarry currently has Hunter's Mark on. But it won't take that one down. Uh, Faileth, it is your turn. You are not within melee range of any spider. No. Uh, the nice thing is the one that I have attacked just heads up is uh, swarmed by this my ancestors, and so now it'll take it'll uh, be at disadvantage to attack anybody but me. Divine esque knights, knights garbed in glowing white armor, with winged helmets and somber expressions, seem to flow spectrally around Melia and now begin to harry this spider, protecting his companions from it. Is there just the one left? There are two currently, but would you like to make a perception check? Sure. No action required. I should probably not roll 3d20. <laughs> you probably can't hear that, but I just got unnatural roll 20. We nice. Cannot, but, yeah. We cannot. I've got my headphones but. in, so it'd be surprising if you could. <laughs> if it could, I'd be worried about your hearing. While you only see two that are out of the forest, you can see a whole bunch of the glowing eyes of these things in the forest moving towards you guys. A lot How more far than away you're from already me? engaged with. Would you say they are? The tree line is probably about, like... 30 feet from you at most. Would you say they are 60 feet from me? There's a decent chunk of them that you could say are within 60 feet. And how many of them would you say were in a 10 foot radius of each other? Is it a sphere or a cube? It is a sphere. You can probably catch about like between 7 and 9. Excellent. I do that, and I cast Shatter at a third level. Can they give me a constitution saving throw, please? I'm only going to roll one constitution saving throw for them, and they got a 12. That is not enough. So, they are going to take... They're going to take 27 damage, all of them, each. So, please describe this. Uh, Faileth looks into the forest and sees a bunch of eyes and goes... Ugh, wolf spider things! And she opens her mouth and lets out a pure, piercing, howling, shrieking high note. Uh, and all of these spiders within a ten-foot radius explode. Excellent. Okay, so as that shrill sound explodes out, sort of streams along through the air in a spiral between where it's exiting your mouth and there's almost silence around your mouth and where it 
explodes out of deeper than the forest, and you can see all of the spiders, even the ones that are engaged in combat, suddenly clutching at their, like, two of their legs coming up and clutching at their ears as they begin to whimper and shriek, and all of the spiders are going to begin to disengage and move away. Uh, or they're not going to actually disengage, but they're each going to try and take dash actions away. So can I get uh, opportunity attacks uh, from Quarry and Melia? Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm. A t- dirty 20. 18. Both those will hit. Quarry will go first in because of the initiative order. It's a five. It's okay. I only do four. Uh, no, wait. I had to add two. I do six points. Yay! Uh, Good damage. Uh, did you... Uh, did you add your hunter's mark? No. Quarry? Because this is... Oh, this is that your one. Your hunter's mark is on... Yes. Okay. Sorry. I missed that somehow. Uh, that's an extra three. Okay. That means that Melian will kill it. Yay! So as this one starts to turn and flee Melian, uh, just gonna like skewer it. Yeah, it just happens to move in the same direction that I'm still trying to shake the head off of the other spear. Uh, I've got both hands on the javelin now and I'm just like trying to waggle it off. Instead I end up catching this one and ripping its head off and I've got two heads (laughs) on on the javelin. And uh, it's a very funny baffled cat face that is like looking at this thing and being like, That is hilarious and amazing and wonderful. And the other spider fully makes strikes into it and you see it at him. He cleaves off one of its legs, and but it does skitter off into the forest, dragging itself away. And with that, we are out of initiative. Whew. There you guys, is... we're gonna have spider for dinner after all. Faileth, I'm not certain it is wise to eat these things. They are not natural. No, I mean I've got a pocket full of spiders. Ah. <laughs> Quarry looks momentarily like perplexed and then is like, what is Faileth? Okay, sure, let's just go with it. Hmm. With it. The natural reaction to Philip. Uh, but all right, fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, how is everyone? Oh, thanks to the uh, walking on water lady. Pretty good. Fulgrim takes off his helmet as he walks over to you, Quarry, and to Melian, and he holds out a hand and says, "You both can hold yourself well in a fight." Excuse me, who exploded all the spiders? <laughs> Was that you, young one? Yes? He he falls down onto a knee and he holds out a hand to you like, like a knight from a storybook and oh. goes, It is by your bravery that you have saved all of us. Faileth looks simultaneously pleased and mildly horrified by this. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> he shoots a smile and a wink towards Melian and Kawari. 
course, Miles. Mm. Melian continues to look suspicious. Because he doesn't really have any other... <laughs> that is <laughs> default his default setting. setting. I'm glad you were here to assist us. If no one is too badly injured, perhaps we should get on our way before anything else comes. Uh, yes. Uh, if anyone is injured, uh, Anna offers. Uh, I would be glad to intercede with Hime on your behalf. She's good at it, you guys. I feel pretty great now. I have taken but a scratch, but if you are offering ministrations, I am too much of a I, I'm too great a warrior. No. What do I want here? Too seasoned a warrior not to take them? Yeah, that's the one. I'm too canny a warrior to refuse. So she's going to look over your wounds. Uh, how damaged are you? Right, ten hit points worth. I got okay. bitten pretty bad, but not very bad. She rolled pretty high on her medicine check to assess how hurt you are, so gonna give have her use a first uh, cure wounds first level on you and she'll heal you for 11 hit points uh melian's like begrudgingly like she is quite good how would a paladin of soul feel about receiving healing from a different god i could definitely see some that would refuse but uh, there's two different things I want to ask you. Do you think Stephen was a pragmatist? Yes. And what did he teach Kawari about other religions? Hmm. It's important to have allies and take their aid. So I would definitely go for some healing. I would be greatly obliged if you would assist me. The spiders were rather unpleasant. Uh, she also got a very high roll on her medicine check uh, to try and sort of determine how hurt she thinks you are based off how little she knows about you. Uh, so how damaged are you? I am missing 29 hit points. Oh, okay. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spiders thought I was really tasty and yeah. Well, they, it's been a long time since they've tasted Goliath. Oh, for sure. It's like a delicate. you're so handsome. <laughs> uh, she'll give you back 27 hit points. Thank you very much, my lady. I do what he may's will. You have done good work today. But before our blessing runs out, we should make haste across the water. Indeed. Let us be on our way. And... With that, you guys make your way across the water, keeping your eyes peeled to the shore and the spiders that may be beyond it. So, do we Oregon Trail this uh, wagon? You or do die we of actually, dysentery. Yeah, I was going to say, mm -hmm. does our wagon get washed <laughs> away? Do our supplies get washed down the river? Or do we make it? We lose so five pounds of bison. <laughs> so no, you guys make it to bison. the other side you make it to the other side uh, with the fact that you are walking on water uh, you avoid all of the 
pitfalls and things I had hidden under the water to snag you guys. Excellent. Because uh, I entirely forgot that Anna had water block, and it just seemed appropriate. <laughs> Corey uh, loves this, given their last experience with this river. And once you're on the other side, you continue on your way. Uh, Anna and Fulgrim, they, they stay close to you guys because there's still spiders about. You see quite a few of the animals and the spiders and other change things. You see another one at Faileth one, at one point. You see another one of those weird owls that has sort of like a elongated centipede body coiled oh, I hate inside those. it like an accordion that shoots Blech. out and snares and grabs something. And I'm starting it. to think that Melian's right about the druids. They are and, unnatural. And you guys, what do you guys talk about while you're traveling? Uh, Apparently druids and how terrible they are. <laughs> Corey would probably be making polite traveling conversation with Anna and Fulgrim asking them, you know, where they're from, what brings them to, you know, in this direction. I was just thinking it'd be really funny if, as a troll, Melian got really interested in Hime as a god and was just, like, <laughs> asking Anna a bunch of questions. <laughs> no, Melian, don't. Don't. <laughs> Anna, okay, let's just playing I Spy. <laughs> oh, Anna's very happy to play I Spy while holding down these conversations. She seems to be really in her element talking to a people. Mm -hmm. And she will happily share anything about Hime that you really want to know. She explains that she has three she has three sisters, and that as the youngest of them, with little prospects, aside from her mediocre looks, she she seems to be downplaying them for conventional means. She dove into the church and that it has always been something that really interested her and that she felt that she always had a calling to it but she will happily explain anything about the hearth mother to you <laughs> she'll talk about how well she is often venerated as a goddess as, as more of a household goddess that she actually has a much more storied plethora of tales that surround her and the things she does that she is actually responsible for the turn of the seasons because she caretakes her husband, Owen, as he goes through each stage of life, growing from a young child into a man, declining into an old man and dying and rising as a ghost in the winter, who she catches and plants in to bring him back to life, regrowing him in the cycle of seasons. She talks how Hime is also the, the tender of souls, that she is the one that chooses what souls will be born into the world, and that when souls leave this place, that they're often reborn, or that perhaps parts of them will come back, and that that is why many people will say that they feel as if they know other people. Because it may perhaps be that actually these two people both have part of the same soul in them, or souls that were entwined in a past life, because she is both the tender of the soul forage and the goddess of hearth and home. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. What were t what were we talking about? That the is very sounds. interesting, Anna. 
I have never heard such venerable words about a goddess or god before. If only someone had spoken to me about the gods before. Oh, oh she will be super happy. <laughs> Quarry looks at Melian like, hmm? <laughs> and Melian has that artful, innocent look on its face like, oh, well, yeah, I just never, no one's ever said anything. Melian, Quarry's talking to you about the god all the time. She will continue to talk to you about it, and she'll actually start, she'll begin asking you a couple questions as well, Melian. She'll ask mm-hmm. you about the, the spectral guardians that appeared, that when they'd shown up around you, she'd been quite surprised because they looked like they were knights, garbed, uh, and that on their breasts were various symbols of different gods. Mm. Uh, Melian is very cagey about answering those questions um not he doesn't necessarily make it seem like he's trying to hide something more that he just does not know he's like well i once i there was a time where i saw faileth in great danger and suddenly i became uh incensed and filled with some sort of anger such that suddenly uh the fur sprouted all over my body and uh i found that when i targeted a certain enemy it's they were also prevented uh, from attacking others as, as easily uh, by these ghostly appearances uh, since it did not happen until after i had met faileth i assume it had something to do with her ghostly powers and that she had blessed me in some way melian you never told me that oh well, i did not want you to get a too full of yourself it's too late truly I've never heard of anything like that happening, but I did note upon their the the symbols upon them. I I noted one of Ashen and another of Adrestia and one of Alton, the the three gods that stand judgment over souls in death. It is. I, I do not know what this means, but truly, you are blessed. Indeed, perhaps by Hime. <laughs> I thought I can't you just if, said you were blessed by me. I can't decide if Melian is flirting or not, and I am genuinely here for it. Faelith is so unimpressed by Melian right now. <laughs> Whatever you're it's doing, It's like a threefold fun. Simultaneously trolling both the women he's traveling with, and maybe flirting with his woman. I'm not sure. Fulgrim, who is sort of off, probably talking with Kwari. Like more up at the front uh, as he brings his horse beside the cart. Anna probably has her horse helping to pull the cart and is sitting in the cart talking with you. Talking with you. Fulgrim is up by Quarry and he keeps glancing back and like shaking his head like, oh god, what's she getting <laughs> herself into? But she's so earnest as she talks to you about Hime and about her real interest in what you're saying. Like you can't... Everything she says feels sincere like there isn't a hint of any malice or any kind of subterfuge about her true devotion to Hime and her interest in everything that you're t- telling her everything that you're saying and as things move she, she starts to ask you more about your travels through the Dwemerlands and through Westmark and how much of the city you've seen and what What's going on? Like, Quarry. 
Quarry, what is Melian doing? I believe he's having a conversation with our new traveling companions. What is he doing? Mm. Uh, uh, I honestly don't know how much Quarry has been paying attention to Melian, because Quarry's probably <laughs> been having their own conversation with uh, Fulgrim. Uh, I don't what what is it that he's doing that is unusual he's being weird weird how look at him look at his face 12 he's He's, probably all right he's like oh uh, he may sound so cool well uh, you know uh, i've spoken about soul and uh people find a different interest in in different deities, perhaps Melian is finding himself uh, um, uh, who knows? The gods work in mysterious ways. Perhaps this is the the timing of the message was right for him. Meanwhile, Melian is uh, describing his very brief time in the city and that it was spent um, largely um, not sightseeing, but doing work. Um, and that uh, they did discover a mystery of uh, missing children, which of course he immediately concerned himself with. Uh, as he is, she puts her hand to up do. to, she puts her hand up to her face and goes, oh, "Missing children, please. What? Have, have they been found? What, is there anything that we can do to help?" Uh, well, that is why we are rushing back to Dwemer Hollow. We have some uh, clues as to where they're, where they may be being held, or the organization that may have them. Uh, it is one of our, our dearest wishes to track them, track those children down and return them safe and sound to their families. Felix is just starting to warm up to this lady, too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hilarious. I have family in Dwemer Hollow. I, I had planned I, I that I was going to go stay with. I Wait. I will petition the council immediately. T- time out. Is this woman the queen person, the duchess that we're supposed to, that, it, that are going to attack the minute that we get to Dwemerhalo? Guys? Am I flirting with the duchess by accident? Wait, what duchess are we attacking? No, not us we're attacking. Remember there's a plot to overthrow, is it the princess or the queen or the duchess? The, or they're gonna... Whoever's in charge of the... Right, right. They're trying to kill the magistrates so that they'll have to send a... Uh... A royal representative, either the queen or the princess. What do we What do we know about the queen and the princess? Does she have sisters? Could it po- Could it be possible that we are traveling can, with someone who is way better than a history check to see what we know about the monarchy of? Uh, you could make a history check. Uh, this also might trigger Kawari to remember that Kawari has been carrying letters from the lockbox in. Sir Jared's room since that session that have never been read. Oh. <laughs> Quarry? <laughs> I mean, Allie right. absolutely forgot about them. In my in my defense, Quarry is not fond of reading and Jovan's not here to give them to. Which would be there. Anyway, um, thank you for that reminder. I would, yeah, I, I'm sure I would pull them out and share them with uh, Melian rolls a 16 on the on the whether or not he can remember what the deal is with the woman who's coming to, 
to who that the bandits want to attack check the what you'd heard was something along the lines of they were going to kill the the if you remember there was that bandit that you had talked to who mm-hmm. had said that everything was already in place things were already rolling basically that it was already like everything was going to happen the letters had already been sent saying that the that the high magistrate was sick or dead and that letters had already been sent and that those letters would either lead the queen herself to come or she would send one of her daughters. And God damn it. You have been in... <laughs> you have been in... You have been in Westmark long enough probably to know... Like, you know that the queen, her name is uh, Rosetta Marcanalia. And you know that she has a couple daughters? You don't know how many daughters she has, though. Of course I don't. Melian, on the other hand, is clueless, because he's got an 8 intelligence and 10 wisdom, so he doesn't put together any of this. But I'm, it suddenly occurred to me that uh, we've been ignoring this woman for a while, and, and that she might be significant. <sighs> Hilarious. Oh uh, yeah, Melian continues to just like quiz her about Hime, and then be like, oh, well, I haven't seen much of the city, so perhaps once we have returned to Dwemerhall, though, if you find the time, uh, we could, uh, you could show me some of the sites. I have not been there very long. She sort of bats her eyelashes a little bit and smiles towards you <laughs> and says, I would af- it would be my pleasure. I love it. Uh, and I am trying to find Kawari's document and then I will drop the contents <laughs> of the letters that Kawari has been carrying into there as I'm sure Kawari pulls them out of their saddlebag going <laughs> oh wait a minute i have these suddenly remembers in the middle of the conversation or something like that i mean before we turn to these letters quarry still has two unanswered questions oh, mm-hmm. which was where are these people coming from and what brings them to dwemer hollow i mean we hear from anna or melian's heard from anna that she's going because she wants to stay with her family but Fulgrim is a bit more cagey about things. He says that he has been guarding Anna and serving Anna's family for many years, uh, and that they come from eastern Westmark, uh, and that the plan is for Anna to winter with her relatives in Dwemer Hollow over the, uh, basically over the winter, uh, to get a bit more of an understanding for how trade operates in this part of the country for hopes that when she goes back home she will be able to utilize that information uh, to make good connections for furthering trade between uh, the two cities. Okay. Cora doesn't think anything of it. Sounds legit. I have popped the letters into your character document. There are three of them. Letters from Sir Jared's camp. Okay. My dearest Jared, I am not going to read these in Kawari's voice because it would annoy all of us to read them as Kawari would read them. And I'm sure Kawari has spent, like, a lot of time reading these over and over to get the full gist. My dearest Jared, you must know that I will never forgive you. You are the light of my life, the radiance of the sun to the light of my moon. Your eyes calm the troubles of my soul. They are like the ground beneath our feet, the bark of the oldest trees matching the mahogany of the throne. I could stare into them for hours uncounted. 
Whose eyes will I turn to now that you are gone? Who can I tell the deepest of my secrets? Who can know me as you have known me? I love you, Jared. I love you with every fiber of my very being. You must return to me. I do not care what my mother has done. When she is gone, I will have your titles restored to you. Please, my knight, my protector, my love, return to me. Your forever fay something. And then there's an ink splotch. Okay, letter number two. Outrage. That is what drives me. My mother spouts theories of factions moving around her, of your hand in them, of conspiracy and treason, that you have fled into hiding along with Sir Gendry and Sir Pauldron, only inflamed her. She has stripped you of the title and land. Sorry, she has stripped you of title and land. She will send her knight soon to take Bakren from you. You must flee. She knows of your hiding lodge in the forests to the north, and your close ties to the general. To General Calligan, you must go to the west, to the Dwemer lands, where her grip is weakest. Go west, please, for me. The scroll I send with this will protect you. It will shield your steps from being followed. Only use it if you absolutely must. I will send a letter to the rusted stallion in Barrowman's. Wait for my next word there. Number three. My mother's madness grows by the day. Her insanity threatens to tear the kingdom apart. Helen will not speak reason to mother, nor will Sophie or Anne. My mother disregards my words. If my sisters will not take charge of mother, then I must. For the sake of Westmark, I must lead it. I know that you will stand beside me, my protector, my love. From Barrowman's, seek out the merchant known by the name of Jasper Quint in Dwemer Hollow. I did recently make an acquaintance of him. He brought quite an interesting proposition before Mother of providing weaponry to the entire army of Westmark. She applied at him for his gall, but turned him down. I met with him shortly after. He is of a like mind with me. He sees the state of the peace lands. The times of peace are over. The alliance loosely hangs together, and the Republic reaches its claws toward the north. He has an armory fit for a king, and I have promised that you will seek him out. With him beside you, I am sure you could build an army to challenge my mother's. Raise an army for me, my love. Sow discord in the west, and I will see the deed done. My reign will begin, and when it does, you will be my king. Live for me. So, Corey, well. <laughs> having read these letters several times, probably, I don't know how long you're imagining this um, to span over cast, but if we have stopped by, uh, like, stopped and camped for the night by a fire, Quarry would probably, um, maybe when handing the, or when, you know, like, when the change of the watch or something, when Melian and Quarry can be, you know, relatively alone, Quarry would hand the letters to Melian and, and let him read them, and then when, when Melian's had a chance, Quarry would say, I, do you, do you think this Anne is the Anne in the, in the letter? I do not know. I, she calls her, she refers to herself as Anna, not as Anne. Hmm. Oh, an excellent point. Well, 
Besides, I cannot imagine a princess would be of the land would be so taken with me. She, what? she is taken with me. You're well, you, you see us as well. You're not. a very you're a you're a fine fellow, Melian. I don't know why she wouldn't be. But I I don't know, I really wish I suppose we'll have to turn these over to Lord Buchanan when we reach Dwemer Hollow. It seems like this plot is more advanced and more serious than I had feared. If they well, have... Well, it is absolutely more wretched in that a child has turned against their mother. Indeed, and she... Oh, she's, she's involved with, uh, with Sir Jared and with Quent. This is... This is very, very bad news. However, this does serve to confirm our suspicions about Jasper Quint. Indeed, yes. That his ambitions are higher than simply wreaking havoc on the city. Yes, these letters will be useful evidence for us. Also, what is... Do you recall what the third... No, fourth daughter's name is? Um... Helen... Sophie... Sophie, presumably. So, so Sophie, or a Anne. Did did Anna not mention a sister named Igren? Yes, you're right. They must be completely different people. Indeed. Good. Sometimes my reading is not oh, strong. Oh, Flora, you are a fantastic reader. I suspect you were trained as an adult, were you not? Yes. Uh, it has been my observation that those who learn to read when they are adults, struggle more, but uh, commit more effort. Thank you, Melian. I just did not want you to feel that your struggles were in vain. I greatly appreciate that. It's something that I often feel self-conscious about. My people don't write or read. It was not until I found myself at the Abbey of Truce's Solace that I began to learn, and it has been a long and somewhat painful journey. Are you telling me that you were unfamiliar with written language at all, and yet you have made so much progress that you can now read a language different than the one you were raised in? Quarry kind of looks thoughtful. They hadn't really thought about it this way. Yes. Man, Melian is smooth today. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Um, yes, yes, I, my people do not have any written word at all. Well, then I think you should, rather than feeling shame at your struggles, be proud of the progress you have made. Thank you, Melian, that means a great deal to me. Uh, I also struggled sometimes to read, and I was raised with written word and books, uh, much to my mother's dismay. That I struggle, I mean. Ah. Well. She should be very proud of you. You're quite accomplished. My mother had stringent requirements for those she would confess to pride in. Ah. Requirements that I did not, in the end, meet. I'm sorry to hear that. That's her loss. But that is... Thank you, but that is neither here nor there. Perhaps we should... Perhaps I will make further inquiries with Anna. Uh, 
Perhaps it will turn out that uh, her other sisters have other names rather than Helen and Sophie. Yes, yes. Oh. Oh, the quicker we get to Dwemer Hollow, the happier I will be. We have much, much information to share. Indeed. Um, I will admit that I am also finding myself looking forward to arriving in Dwemer Hollow. Before we end our session for tonight, I will state that, Melian, you do learn the following things. Anna has three sisters. Her father died. That her mother is currently still alive. But that her sisters are named thus. Helena. Sophia. Irene. Shit. <laughs> and uh-huh. that is where we will end tonight's no! session. No! <laughs> no! Lillian's got a crush on a princess! Oops. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, Please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes, go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. The half elf no, I'm not half elven. I'm I almost said I was the half elven druid, and that's not <laughs> any of the things. You better that not I be am. either of those things. No. Wait, am I a half elf? Aren't you a half elf? Yeah, you you are a half elf. Yeah, I'm totally is a half elf. I am but she's absolutely a, a half elf. No. I'm okay. My brain's on. This is fine. I meant to say something. I meant to say something. I navigated away from this page. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Bella, don't lie on the phone. I could walk on water I tell you what's next Make you believe Make you forget So come on, get higher Loosen my legs Faith and desire And the swing of your hips Where'd Cass and Allie go? Uh, I accidentally muted myself I, I was typing notes I, I have more of this song, but uh... <laughs> Hold me down hard and drown me in love. Like, they're gonna want me to shut up eventually, right? <laughs> no. Nah. They're never gonna want you to shut up. Exactly. Hime. That is a that is a beautiful song to Hime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone who wants to screw Hime. <laughs> she is the goddess of hearth and home and motherhood. Oh, get it, Hime. What AIDS? <laughs>